Hello and welcome to the Brand Nurture Podcast, the show that's all about expanding what's possible and building a brand and a life you can't wait to wake up to. I'm your host, Emily Cecile, brand designer and marketing strategist, here to encourage you to build a brand that allows you to share your passion while enabling you to live your life outside of it. Through marketing, branding, mindset and more, each week I'll be pulling back the curtain to provide sustainable strategies, inspiring insights and transformative tales to help you grow your brand claim your dream life and realize that you are not alone. Grab a cup of coffee and join me as we explore what it takes to build a brand and a life you love. This is the Brand Nurture Podcast. By now, we all know that storytelling is an important part of brand building, but knowing how to introduce this into your business in a professional yet still personal way is definitely easier said than done. Today, we have the incredible Andrea with us a seasoned expert with over 10 years of experience in SEO, brand voice, UX, and creative copywriting. She is here to reveal all the secrets of crafting elevated copy that instantly connects with your audience, as well as unveil her personal strategies for keeping track of captivating stories, ensuring you are never stuck when it's time to create engaging content. From her early GeoCities website to becoming a master wordsmith, Andrea's journey is filled with wisdom and expertise. And in this episode today, Andrea shares why showcasing your personality to your idol clients is essential for building trust and forming authentic connections. Plus, we dive into the art of setting boundaries, how to strike the perfect balance between relatability and professionalism. We even touched on the proliferation of AI-generated content and the recent introduction of threads. It's a big conversation, and I am so excited for you to be here today. So without further ado, Andrea, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So before we dive in to our conversation, can you tell me a little bit about your journey? What led you to starting the business you have today? And also what GeoCities is, because I'm very curious. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to make me feel old. So I started out, I got my degree actually in languages, and I started out working for a company that translates websites. It was a really great fit. I learned everything I needed to know about brand voice, SEO. We worked with really big corporations. Like I'm sure you're familiar with ASOS, the fashion company. We worked with them. I learned so much. And then I had a baby and decided that an office job wasn't really the right fit for me anymore. It was just too long of hours. And so I pivoted and I started out doing marketing translation And what happens is usually when you do one thing with words, people ask you quickly to do another thing with words. And that's how I became a copywriter. And it's really been a great fit for me. I have loved making websites since I was younger. I like got the internet in my house and started, I don't know where or how I found out, but I I learned that you could code HTML. And so I literally coded my own HTML in Notepad. We had GeoCities, which was this, maybe it was only American, but it was like this site where you could host your own website. And it was like everyone taking their first baby steps onto the internet for the first time. If you weren't on AOL, you were on there. And so I did that and that helped me land my first job. And it's helped me ever since actually, because in a way I've been thinking about websites and what goes on them and how to write them uh, since I was a teenager. First, it was a showcase for bad poetry that should never be surfaced to see the light of day again. Now it's more of a showcase for my clients' amazing work and what they do. Amazing. So where I know that storytelling is a big part of what you do. When did that kind of um, come mostly into your story? 
So when I worked in a corporate office, when I worked translating websites, it was a great job, but I was always kind of hyper-conscious of the fact that any email we wrote, any communication we had could be forwarded like up a chain to a higher up and it could be misread and misinterpreted. So when I came into copywriting, I had a tendency to not share my personality and my stories. And gradually, as I started helping other people do that, I realized how integral it is to the process of having a business and to making yourself stand out online, especially if you're an online-only business or a service provider. Your stories are what make you stick in people's brain. They're what make you memorable, make you relatable, make people say, yeah, I want to work with this person. I'm willing to wait until there's a spot open on their calendar I will do anything to work with them. And so I've had to learn, like, kind of unpeel the shell I built up around myself when I was working in corporate and start sharing more of my stories and figure out what I am and I'm not willing to share. And I do find that kind of the weirder and more detailed I get, the more interested people are in getting to know me. You know, you put a few little details. I don't use like to use the word quirky because it sounds so self-conscious and we're all weird in our own ways without trying, but like a few really personal details on my about page. And people are always asking me about them when we get on discovery calls or podcast interviews. They're like, so why did you say this? And it's a great conversation starter. I love that you were able to kind of unravel those patterns that you'd learned previously. I completely agree with the fact that stories are, like you said, what make us memorable. I think there's that like there's like 27 times more likely to stick in someone's brain if you tell it in a story, which I just think is so powerful. For anyone listening that doesn't really know the power of storytelling within business, could you explain like in your own words what you would say storytelling in the world of business context, what it is, why it's so important? Absolutely. I think it's most important to remember that you are trying to connect with this human on the other side of the screen at the end of the day. And so storytelling is a tool that you can use to really humanize yourself, the services you offer, and show how you understand their position and what they're going through. And a lot of times the story you tell doesn't have to be like a story that perfectly flows into a hard sell for whatever it is that you offer. It needs to be a story that humanizes you, that shows that you know what their problem is. Even if you haven't been through it yourself, you know them well enough to understand how their problems manifest, or it can just build connection. There are tons of great other copywriters out there who send um, lots of entertaining emails to their email lists, and they're not always a story that ends with a clear cut call to action or something like that. But a lot of times they just build connection as this person's funny, they're entertaining. And I really want to keep hearing from them. And if someone wants to keep hearing from you and you keep telling them good stories, eventually they may be ready to buy from you. I'm sure you know that they say someone has to come across your offer like seven times. Although I strongly suspect depending on what you sell, it might be way more than that. And so the more stories you tell, even if it's just for entertainment purposes, the more someone's encountering your brand and becoming familiar with your brand and enjoying your content and waiting for the right moment to make an investment with you. I am quickly interrupting this episode with an announcement that I don't think will shock you. I believe that branding matters. Your branding is the face of your business, introducing you to audience and customers. And let's face it, first impressions matter. That's where we at the Sale Creative Studio come in. Whether you're looking for one-on-one consulting to provide you with high-level expertise and strategize your next steps, or you're looking to step into that new era for your brand with a strategic brand identity, 
We are here to help you reach your goals and fall back in love with your brand. Head over to Cecil Creative Studio to learn more about the services we offer and how we can help you achieve your wildest version of success. Now, back to the episode. Yeah, the humanization of brands is something that I don't see people doing enough. When you start a business, a lot of people feel like they have to show up in a professional way mm-hmm. and they make that mistake of not humanizing their brand enough. And then they see stagnation because people connect with people. People don't connect with businesses. You know, that's just not how we're ingrained to function as humans. So yeah, I think humanization of branding is such an important part that people miss and storytelling is such a beautiful part of that. Absolutely. And I think that I often tell people the mistake that you can make is thinking that professionalism means not having a personality. And that's not at all the case. Professionalism is about how you treat your clients. It's about delivering the quality of work that you promise to do when you say you will. All of those sorts of things are what count as professional. I have friends who are super professional in terms of the care they give their clients and the quality of their work. They have great systems. They have everything, but they curse a ton in their copy on their own website. And that's okay. That's They're still professional, but they also want people to know that this is what you're getting if you sign up to work with me, that I'm not going to be able to keep it so clean that like your grandma's going to listen and not raise her eyebrows, basically. Yeah. I think it's also about kind of communicating the boundaries and what people can expect from you, because having that expectation and setting them people up to know exactly what they get removes some of the kind of scarcity and anticipation people can get from working Mm -hmm. with you. As long as people know, like, oh, this is how, like, if you haven't sworn at all in your copy at any point, and then you jump on a discovery call with someone, and you're swearing a lot, it's going to feel very disconnected, and it might throw people off. And you're probably not going to close that people as much because it's you're not going to be attracting the right people. So it's also about attracting the people that are going to kind of connect with that kind of style as well. Absolutely. And I think attracting the right people and then can't stand this word, but I haven't found a better one. Repelling the wrong people is really important. It's that copywriter friend of mine who swears a ton in her own copy. She doesn't want to work with people who aren't going to be able to tolerate that. She wants them to say, you know what? This isn't the right person for me. And it doesn't mean that they're not awesome people. It's just that she has enough work to go around. She would like to work with people that are aligned with her. And a lot of my clients, I really emphasize this with them because they are wedding professionals. So they are there, they are present on a really emotionally charged day for someone. If you're like a photographer or a videographer, you might be literally in someone's face with your camera lens for eight, nine, 10 hours on a really important day. If they don't feel like there's a great vibe there, they're not ultimately going to be as happy with their memories of that day as they will be if you guys really connected and there was no awkwardness. And so your website copy and your stories and how you present yourself, all of that gradually flows into building that connection and helping people decide if you're right for them. I like what you said. It's about uh, attracting the right people and repelling, for lack of a better word, the wrong people. Uh I mean, that's the core of branding. That's what I tell everyone is that you want to find your people. So yeah, it's, it's so true. When it comes to building personality into your brand, I think a lot of people struggle to do it because it's hard to find the balance between Mm. authenticity and professionalism. So how would you navigate setting boundaries around what to share, how to maintain a personal touch without oversharing, for example? 
Yeah. And I think this is something that's really different for every single person. I know lots of people who share a lot about themselves and they do it brilliantly and they're really comfortable with it. And then on the flip side, for example, myself, I'll talk a little bit about being a mom and having a kid, but you don't see her face on my social media. You don't see her name come up and I don't really tell stories about her. And that's a boundary I've drawn for myself just after reflecting on it, consuming other people's social media. Doesn't mean I don't like people who do it or anything like that, but you have to kind of reflect on what is too personal for you. Some people, there is no such thing as TMI and I love them. They're hilarious. Like there's lots of people... Me personally, I can't, if I wouldn't, I don't want to say if I wouldn't say it in front of my mom, but it's probably something close to that. Like if it's something I really wouldn't want my mom to find online, it's probably not going to go in my marketing. And I think you have to just reflect on what you're trying to get out of what you're sharing and think carefully about what your boundaries are, what, who's the person you're marketing to and what's the level of comfort you'd have with telling them stuff. And you can think of a real person in your life as opposed to a client, or you can think of an actual client that you've connected well with and check back with yourself and say, would I tell this to this person? So if the person you're targeting is really similar to your mom, you might think about would I tell my mom this? If it's your best friend, if it's a client that you've had in the past, think about where your comfort level is. And I think it's really important to remember that You can be authentic and still choose the parts of yourself that you want to share. A lot of times, I think online authenticity is interpreted as you have to share everything, the good, the bad, the crying in the hospital selfie, that sort of thing. And that's not right for everyone. There's no one right way to be authentic other than, I guess, telling the truth about yourself. But there's no no level of sharing that automatically makes you authentic or, or inauthentic. Yeah. I like that what you said there about would you tell your mom? I think having an idea of a real person and communicating with yourself about whether you would feel comfortable, like if that person was sat in the room and you were telling this person then and there, I think it makes it easier than sitting on a, you know, for example, Instagram caption and typing something out. If you think about somebody being in the room with you, whether that's a client, whether that's whoever it is, whether you want that person to know that about you or whether you want the world in whole to know that about you, it can make that boundary a little bit easier to draw. Yes. And it, it just, I use it sometimes you need to think about why you're sharing something too. Is there an end game to sharing it? Sometimes you just want to vent. And sometimes like I, especially if it tips into the land of kind of like client shaming or anything like that, where you're venting about your own clients, sometimes it's better saved for the group chat. And sometimes the best solution is if you're not sure if you should share something, sit on it for 24 hours, just go get a night's sleep, come back to it. And maybe you'll be like, yeah, this doesn't bother me at all. Or maybe the flip side is you're like, you know what? In the heat of the moment, it seemed like a great idea. Now it's not so much. So you can always, almost always, you can kind of wait before you react a little bit. Yeah, that's some really good tips. If somebody in my audience has been, walking the line more of professionalism and they wanted to start bringing more personality and more storytelling into their branding. Uh, Do you have any more tips um, or suggestions about how they can kind of incorporate this technique if they're not used to doing so? Yeah, absolutely. The first thing I recommend is keeping a document somewhere, whether you use Notion, it could be in the notes app on your phone, whatever works for you. 
and just write down funny little things that happened to you, interesting memories, stories you'd want to share with someone. I know someone who calls it a story vault and like occasionally weird little memories will just pop into my head from when I was a teenager and you don't have to know how you're going to use them right away. That's not the objective. The objective is just to start taking note of things that happened to you, remembering little incidents and making a list of them so that eventually if you want to incorporate some stories, you know, you have a list of more random things. You can also think more broadly about the story of how you came to work on your particular business, the story of what motivated you to pursue a certain type of career. There's standard business stories too about what you do and how you came to be the business person that you are. But I I really like just kind of, it's not a diary. I mean, I literally write like one sentence bullet points that would make no sense to anyone but me, but you want to have them somewhere close at hand that you can document them. And when you're telling stories, A lot of times, what I like to think about is you will at some point want to make a pivot to selling, but the way to do it is not to tell your amazing, entertaining, fun story and then to say, and I have this on sale. What you want to do is find a way to link your story to the outcome or the transformation that you're selling. And it's definitely harder to do but it also doesn't feel as salesy for lack of a better word. And people are going to be more receptive to it. If you think more deeply on, okay, I have this story about feeling awkward and I teach personal branding. How can I relate this story about feeling awkward in middle school to the outcome that you get if you work with me from personal branding? And you might have to think a little bit more deeply and reflect, but usually you can find a way to connect the story with the transformation that you're selling rather than the specific product yourself. If you can do that smoothly, then you just weave in a mention at the end of what you're selling and it should come more naturally. Yeah. Do you feel like there, I mean, obviously you can use um, storytelling throughout your entire brand, but are there any kind of specific places that you would say that people should be included like you already mentioned your about page mm-hmm. should have these kind of little things is there any other like cool places within people's brands that you feel that storytelling lends itself really well i think email marketing is so critical when it comes to storytelling if you start building up a list of people that you email that's a really good place to create and curate personal stories in a newsletter business stories too That would be one place. Um, You can do some storytelling in your social media captions, especially if you're an Instagram user. You can do some storytelling using the stories function as well. Um, It gets harder when you're in short form video, like reels and that sort of thing. Um, But in general, I love to see storytelling on an about page. I also think it works well on a services page or something like that on your website, depending on what you're selling, you still can kind of weave a story of transformation and talk about the benefits people are going to get from your offer. And you can, if you can do that through storytelling, it can be really beneficial there as well. Yeah. And I feel like it would be a missed opportunity not to touch on SEO as we have an expert in the room. When it comes to storytelling, how much do you find SEO playing a role within specifically, you know, say on your about page, for example, should you be writing more for SEO? Should you be writing more for storytelling? Should it be a beautiful mix? You know, all the, all the lowdown on that. 
Beautiful mix, definitely. You want to choose keywords that people are searching for, but that you can write copy around without it sounding really awkward. We've all seen the copy written around a search keyword that is not in a, no one would ever use it in a sentence. So you want to try to choose copy, to choose keywords that let you craft copy around them. So definitely you can do storytelling with SEO keywords. You will want to just make sure you position your keyword in the right places on the page, the meta content, the H1 tag, weave it in once in the body copy. And then think about using, when you're writing a page, think about using other words that are relevant to your topic that you might want to rank for one day. And it could be as simple as if you're a brand designer, thinking about how to weave in some of the different deliverables that you do or something like that, using those within your body copy. But then go ahead and tell stories. We're not writing, especially for a lot of us small businesses, we're not trying to rank competing against big companies with, you know, five, six, seven figure SEO budgets and that sort of thing. So you can choose keywords that are a little bit longer, a little bit more specific, and then try to rank for those keywords without compromising the quality of your storytelling in your copy. Really nowadays, Google wants your page to answer a searcher's question, the question that they had in their head when they made that search. And if you can do that through storytelling, as long as the keyword is in there, the few places that it needs to be, you're not going to be penalized. If anything, you should be rewarded. I think that's such good advice. There's a lot of outdated advice when it comes to SEO. So I love that you, you know, proving us that we should be writing for humans, not for search engines. Yes. And the people at Google will tell you as much. At the end of the day, you are writing for people. You're not writing for search engines. Like the search engine is a tool to direct the people to your page. But if you write just for search engines, they have a way of figuring that out and they will not reward you for it. Yeah. And I think this whole conversation about bringing more personality into your writing becomes more even more prevalent with the rise of AI writing. Do you have any thoughts on that, on I the do. whole proliferation of this? Yes, I do. I definitely think AI is a valuable tool that you can use for generating content ideas, for really anything where you're stuck. It's a great starting point, but it doesn't replicate like your own unique personality. It just can't. It can't take all the details and story and uniqueness of you and replicate it on a page. And I think one risk we're running is that right now AI is being trained on content written by humans, but as more people post content written by AI, that'll get fed back into AI. And it just kind of becomes this repeating cycle. And so I think if you want to stand out, personality is really critical at the end of the day. That's not to say that some people aren't generating amazing content from AI, but in general, I think we're better off still as brands right now trying to be more human and more personal. If you look at the success of Threads, for example, the new Instagram app, people are loving the personal touch that it has and just the slightly less curated content that people are posting. And it's really hard to get that with AI, which is still at the end of the day, recycling content that other people have created. Yeah, I was going to touch on threads, but I think that's a maybe a conversation for another time. <laughs> I love threads. It should be removed from my phone for my productivity. But yes, it's super, it's been super fun and like a way to just, I mean, as a copywriter, it's so much more fun to post the threads than like, Instagram is great, but when you think about all the work that goes into an Instagram post, the finding the image, the writing the caption, writing the content, 
finding the hashtags and it's like on threads, you pick it up, write one thought, post it. It's a good tool for, I think right now building connections. And maybe by the time this podcast is released, my thoughts might even be out of date because it's like two weeks old, but still. (laughs) Yeah, it does. It kind of feels like threads is Instagram's fun cousin. And (laughs) that just has no filter and is enjoying that period of time. And yeah, I'm, I'm very intrigued to see where it goes. Yeah. Right now, Instagram feels like the office and threads is like after work drinks on a Friday, basically. (laughs) I love that. So a question that I like to ask everyone before we wrap up is what is lighting you up most in this season of life and business? So right now in life, I'm really lucky. I have traveled from Florida to France and I'm here for a month um, hanging out with my daughter and just kind of slow traveling, eating a ton of baguettes, which always lights me up, drinking rosé, eating potato chips, ditto, and just kind of getting out and exploring a little bit of a, it's not super rural, but a little bit of off the beaten path. I'm a real big traveler. And so it's been really fun for me. And as far as work goes, I have fantastic clients and I'm really overjoyed to write for them. I get to tell the stories of all kinds of interesting professionals who are creating art and creating experiences and want to bring more people into their world. And I'm always just so interested to learn about what different people do. It's one of the best parts of my job that I get to get like a view of somebody else's business and learn about how they do things and how they went on their own journey to become the professional that they are. And it's, it's always a pleasure. I love that so much. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Where can everyone find out more about you other than threads? Where can people connect with you? You know, what you offer, give me all the places. So my website, which is andreashaw.com, that's the best place to find me if you're interested in learning more about my copywriting services. And then I'm on Instagram at andreashawcopy. And the flip side of that is like the speakeasy version is, of course, threads where I have the same username. So you can find me in all of those places. Perfect. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's been so good chatting with you. Thank you. It's been wonderful. Thank you so much for joining me today. And for listening to this podcast episode all the way to the end, I truly appreciate you being here. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love to encourage you to leave a review as this helps us grow and reach more like-minded individuals. Plus, if you have feedback, episode ideas, or questions, or would just like to connect further, please find me on Instagram at The Thill Creative Studio, shoot me a DM, and let me know you're listening. Until next time, friend, I'm cheering you on.